Welcome to Born to Sell Denver. I'm Brian Smith. Sean Motory is still on assignment. And I have a couple special guests here today on an awesome topic. Uh, so I would like to introduce uh, Stephen Delisio, Andrew Kennedy, and Leslie Jackson. And we're going to talk today about technology. One of my strong points, right, Stephen? That's right. That's yeah. right. <laughs> so let's get started. And, and uh, why, don't, why don't you guys tell a little bit about yourselves? Sure. My name is uh, Stephen Delisio. I'm the Market Center Tech Trainer over at the KW Downtown Office and the Keller Williams Advantage Office. Uh, I've been in this role for about three years, and I'm also a licensed agent, so I do practice a little bit still in that world. Um, but yeah, my true passion is all around education, and I consider myself an educator, and technology is my vehicle to, to pursue that passion. Awesome. Okay, uh, Andrew. Yeah, so I'm Andrew Kennedy. I'm the regional technology trainer for KW Colorado, which means I get to travel around the state, work with all 3,600 and counting uh, wonderful associates in KW Colorado across the state. I'm in like three to four market centers a week. Um, and like Stephen, I have a real passion for education. That's kind of my background. I've been with Keller Williams for hmm, about a year and a half now. So I'm loving every minute, every minute of it. Awesome. And Leslie. That's awesome. Hi, guys. My name is Leslie Jackson. I've been with Keller Williams since 2013, I believe. Um, started my journey as a market center tech trainer and the man sitting next to me was the first one to hire me in that position, Brian Smith. So super excited to be here with you, Brian. Um, from that journey as a market center tech trainer, I taught to what six to eight market centers and then opportunity came knocking as a regional tech trainer here in Colorado. I'm really excited to be sitting next to you, Andrew, because he, he um, filled my position as I left because I found out I was having another baby. Um, I said I couldn't do this job anymore, but my passion is really to help agents win in their business, and I'm now a MAPS tech coach. Yeah, that's cool. And um, getting back to your journey, I mean, actually, we were some of the original people that actually yeah. got to go and listen to Gary Keller. I mean, yes. we were literally sitting first row because we got there kind of at the last minute, <laughs> and nobody sat in the front row. And so Gary and I was so nervous. Like literally like was row. like right in front of us, and, and I felt like he was talking to me the entire time, and yes. I was like... I need to learn this stuff. I mean, I don't know about you, Brian, but the first thought I thought was, why is Gary's skin so beautiful? And like, what does he use on his face? I'm like, I never had seen Gary so close. I'm like, he barely has any wrinkles. And I'm like, oh, yes. And we're here to learn about technology. But yeah, I just remember, Brian, I don't know if you remember, but we sat down at this table and we had they had pieces of paper that would just say, what do you think works on this for if you were an agent? Yeah. What do you think works and what do you think doesn't work? And then give us your feedback. And I thought... Wow, what a really cool experience. Yeah. And I couldn't say no. That's and I right. remember you saying, Leslie, I have an opportunity to go to Gary's first lab. Can you come with me? And I was like, I'm sorry, I'm busy organizing my closet. <laughs> I was like, of course I'm going to come with you. I'm so excited. And that was the first step. Yeah, we didn't really have any notice either. I think he yeah. invited me from an email that I sent. I said, hey, I've got questions. And he said, what are you doing like in two days? And next thing you know, we were in this room yeah. with maybe 20 people. Yeah. And it was amazing. It was right? amazing. And so Keller Williams launched Command and, well, it didn't go as smooth as probably mm, everybody no. wanted. And there's a lot of people <laughs> that tried it in the beginning and there was there was flaws, there was issues. Yeah. And so how, how do you guys feel about what happened and, and the rollout of it and what's changed? Uh, well, I'll jump in there. Actually, one of the, the second meetings I had at Keller Williams before I got there was with Leslie showing us the technology and setting us all up. And 
I come from a technology background as well. I was a cell phone salesman when the iPhone first came out and a very similar pathway of uh, difficulty came from the iPhone as well. And it was met with a lot of the same kind of, uh, the, the same kind of, you know, sadness and really disappointment <laughs> because there was a lot at stake for these and command was the same way. And for me, it's just part of the process, right? For me, it was just like, this is what happens in technology. You start it, you build it, it goes wrong, you fix it, it goes wrong, you fix it. That is not how agents felt <laughs> in that time. And that's, I stepped into the market center tech trainer role right around when parts of it were being fixed, but it was fully launched. Every, every applet was out and not every applet worked. Hardly any applets worked at the time. And it was, it was tough. It was, it left a bad taste in agent's mouth for, for years. Yeah. Yeah. And I would say too, just in those moments of uncertainty, I think we lost a lot of agents that, that literally, I think we broke trust there Mm. and the trust that was broken was really hard to just like mend back with as command was growing and as it was getting better, it was hard to get those agents back to understand that it actually does really work. So I think we, you know, as a company really did our best and yet we failed forward and learned our lessons there, but my gosh, has it changed. And yeah. how amazing is it, you guys? Yeah. yeah. Right? And across the board, too. Like, even the way that Labs communicates the upcoming changes and things like that, they're so much better at, like, setting realistic expectations and then, like, delivering on everything in a really timely way. Um, and that's changed so much even in, like, the year that I've been in the role and, like, yeah. the command app. Yeah. No one ever complains about the command app because it works brilliantly. Right. Yeah. That was such a good release. They were so much so more good. experienced with releasing that stuff yes. at that time with the command app. And I feel like most of the releases now are, are really well done because they learned their lesson. That's one thing that Gary Keller and KW kind of in general, they learn their lessons really well and they stick to those lessons that they learn. And yes. it's gotten so, so much better overall. And like I said, the rollouts yeah. are, are awesome. Yeah. So you all train people on how to use this. And so where did, where does an agent start? So somebody who hasn't really utilized command, what's the first thing that you teach these people to, to do? Well, I'll go. And I'm sure you guys are probably going to have the same answer as me, (laughs) but it's going to be the database and their database and getting the database cleaned up and make sure that they have everything that they need possible, because guess what? That's where business happens. And that's where you focus first. Like Jason says, your database is your data bank. And if you're not feeding it, then it's not going to grow and you're not going to get deals. But here's the thing. If we were to reverse that, it's all about making relationships, right? And so when we teach, when I teach agents, it's, it's all a matter of you're in the business for a reason, right? And I think most people get, most, most agents get, you know, a little overwhelmed by the technology that we have. And when it really comes down to it, it's just a matter of management and also to be proactive with your people. And so if you're not proactive with your people, then you're probably going to miss out on deals. And I know we could talk about this for hours. And I know I'm in the right seat in the room (laughs) here with all these awesome people that are probably going to tell you all the same thing. The last little tidbit that I'll offer here before you guys get to jump in, I will say that when we first had command, you know, when we first rolled out command, it was like Brian said, it was very clunky and it was, you know, very hard to really understand it for most. But the beautiful thing about our company and for those who are listening right now who who may or may not be with Keller, Keller Williams is we stand behind our technology and 
we built the technology to be able to add anything to mm. it yeah. and pivot. And so as we're in a shift, right, we can add all these extra functionalities to support our agents where most companies, number one, don't own their technology. Number two, they don't know their technology. Yeah. <laughs> but number three, really, when it comes down to it, is that there's there's a database. Um, excuse me. There's a there's a war for data. Yeah. And if you're not in tune with that war for data, and you're listening to this as an agent, you're years behind. So if you're listening to this right now, I commend you to get back into command. Yeah. All right. That's my spiel, and I'll get off my high horse. <laughs> well, no. <laughs> Honestly, Leslie, I think that's one of the biggest things that we forget to talk about as tech trainers because it's kind of just embedded in our Mm. system that their data is safe in command, Yeah, which you can't say that for many of the other CRMs. I'm not even sure if there is another CRM where your data is truly, truly yours. It's safe. It's not being sold out to other companies who are using all of your clients' information and keeping it and holding on to it and then utilizing that in other other ways that have nothing to do with real estate, but it's very, very valuable information, which is why we, when you look at how command works, when you understand the value of data, how to collect it, it starts to make sense a lot through why things are set up the way they are, why the lead form pages look the way they look. Mm -hmm. But other CRMs, it it's very under the surface that they are taking that data and then they're selling it or using it in different ways that you sign away when you sign up with these CRMs and you're paying them every month to sell your clients data. You know, I saw this, this article the other day, I read this article the other day that said, if you're in your, in your forties at that point, you are now on over a thousand lists. Okay. So like, you know, I, I know I am, I mean, I get text messages sometimes where it'll say something like, um, Hey, Harley, we'd love to have you come by. And I'm like, Harley, that was my dog that passed away several years ago. Like, I don't know how I got on that list, but there's a lot of data that isn't accurate, right? right? right. Because somebody enters it and, and, you know, there's human error and things like that. But I think by us owning the data, we can make sure it's fully accurate too. And, you know, one thing that keeps coming up in these podcasts, this is the 10th one, by the way. Um, you know, what we've over and over and over again, what we've found is that people that are successful in real estate earn about $1,000 per year per person in their database. So just the last one we did, the person had 550 people in their database. They were using command. They were using it effectively. And their GCI was 569000 Okay? And that's every person that we've interviewed has had a similar result to that. I love that. Yeah. That dovetails that. so well with the 201 Plus Club, club yes. concept. For those who don't know who are listening, right? KWRI's data shows that people that have 201 or more contacts in their database are averaging 120K in GCI. But as to your point, they should be averaging 201K per year or more, right? Yeah. Well, and that's a national average. So our sales price is a lot higher. Our commissions yeah, are higher. Right. So I think it'd be interesting to see if we could do that in Colorado to figure out what that translates to. Because I will bet you that it comes down about $1,000 per person per year because everybody has had that same number on it well yeah. so he's gonna do it all right so we can expect that next it. week maybe <laughs> yeah no get on that andrew <laughs> so you start out with with your database getting everybody in the database okay so what are tags nobody knows. anybody want to take it i'll oh, take I mean, it i'm happy I'll to stop take talking. it Go ahead, uh, Steven. when i talk about tags i talk talk about them as an organizational tool they are 
a label or a bucket that you can organize your database in and be able to, well, the intention there is to organize your database in a way that makes communication a little bit easier and a little bit more efficient. And tags are a way to put people into categories and easily be able to pull those categories up of those people. Did I cover it? Perfect. Do y'all have any, yeah. how yeah. else to I'll add more, it? but go ahead, Andrew. Yeah, and if you layer on the idea of smart views or, yeah, smart views, um, I've trained those as kind of like maps for your day, right? So people with X tag within the last three days who are active, that's my map for lead generation for this day or for this week. Um, so that kind of layers on what you're saying. There. Can you, what's a smart view? A smart view. That's just sort of a set Good of. question for everyone to hear. Yes, yep. thank you. Uh, that's a set of predetermined filters, I guess, that you can sort of arrange to quickly access your database. Like, okay, I want to see people that were created within like the last seven days who have been active on my agent site or something like that. Or you could do something like, for example, with tags and smart views, you could say sellers or uh, homeowners. Yeah. Okay. So like, uh, you know, back when I started in 1997, I know there was a long time ago, there was probably people listening that weren't even born back then. Uh, when I started, one of the things that we did was we'd take all the people in our database that actually owned a house, and we would send them a uh, unsolicited CMA, a market analysis on, on their house. It says, this is what your home is worth, and there would be a nice letter that say, you might use this information for, uh, for refinancing purposes or insurance purposes, or perhaps you're thinking about selling your home. And so... If you did that once a quarter with everybody, you'd always get people who would contact you and say, hey, I'd love to talk to you about that. Or you could follow that up with a phone call also and say, hey, did you get my letter? Do you have any questions? Would you like a more detailed analysis? So by, so by using tags and smart views, you can literally pull those people up and say, these are the people I want to contact today. Okay, like To give you a specific example, one time I did this, I, I sent out 29 letters and I got six listing appointments from those 29 letters. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So what else is there to know about tags and smart views? So I was just going to add, for any agent that's listening to this podcast, I think most say, oh my gosh, what are tags? This is, I don't know. I want to run away as technology, right? But to be, to simplify it, like you said, Brian, did you hear the result? And so really when we talk about tags, like Stephen had mentioned earlier too, is we want to know who our people are in our database, number one, obviously, because we should be in some sort of relationship with them. We should have a built relationship with them so they do hire us and trust us and like us, right? But really when it comes down to it is that tags will save you time. So time and energy to pull up your database, to quickly communicate to the right audience, and Really, when we talk about command and tags, it's all about building relationships. So command was built to help you build relationships. And these are just some elements like tagging will help you identify what kind of relationship you had with that person, whether they were a past client, a buyer, or a seller. Don't overthink the process. The beautiful thing about tagging, if you're just getting into it, is that it's all customizable. So if you're running a business right now, that's um, more buyer-based or perhaps more referral-based, you can add exactly those tags. And you can name your own tags, which is beautiful. And by the way, not every CRM has that. Yeah. And so you could literally say, like for me, for example, I could say, these are all the people I know through hockey. Perfect. Yeah. You have a, Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so you'd have a list of all those people. And these are the people right. that I know from this over here. These are the right. people I met at open houses. And let's be honest, you're not going to talk to a buyer like you would talk to a seller. 
right? It's a very different conversation. And so tagging and creating smart views, I look at smart views as creating groups of people. So you could pull up those groups of people and automatically put a, put a smart plan on them that speaks to that audience in a timely manner. Yeah, I think so. So is there anything that you guys have seen other agents do that's been really effective with tags, like a specific tag where it's like, oh, that's a really good idea? Yeah, one of my favorite ones is uh, producing like a tiered out system around referrals. And so usually it looks something like you have a VIP group that sends you four or more referrals in a 12-month period. You have an A group that is one referral or a closing in the last year, a B group who's open to it, and a C group who may not be open to sending you referrals. And it helps the agents keep that top of mind in their mind of asking for those referrals. But it's also tracking who is bringing business into your business so you know who to pour back into, where you can efficiently go in, grab that group of VIP and A clients and message something to them, or maybe even just run an event for just those people. Because sometimes running an event for 300 people in a database is pretty intimidating. But if you look and you have maybe 40, 50 people in your VIP and A client group, it's a little bit less intimidating, a little bit especially financially, it can be a little easier to run those events. And then you're giving back to the people that are giving to your business. So I, I encourage everyone to use those referral tiers in some way to organize how referrals come into your world. I love it. Yeah, 100%. On the total flip side, this is a more humorous example, but I ran into an agent the other day who has a dead to me tag to avoid like, <laughs> oh calling gosh. people that just, like, are super toxic. She has wants nothing to do with them at all. <laughs> So you can do that, too. Just archive them at that point. Yeah, that's 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 awesome. Okay. All right. So what's the next thing then? What's the next thing that agents should do to jump in and just utilize, start utilizing command? Custom fields are a big thing, too, With when we're staying in the database, right? Like, you stole my thunder earlier, Leslie, right? Page 188, the MREA. Oh, yeah. That's my baby. Right? Four laws. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, custom fields are huge, um, especially as you can customize them to your particular audience, right? So like Land and Ranch, you might have a custom field for acreage, right? Um, down in the Springs, I talked to them about like um, using custom fields to use, designate military service and like branch served. When I was up in Vail, someone asked me like, why would you conclude a custom field for that? And I was like, well, maybe not in Vail, but like down in Colorado Springs, kind of a big deal, right? So sure. you can customize your database, even the sort of contact data you're getting and utilizing to suit the particular needs of your niche, right? Um, And I think that's really, really important for people to leverage. Very cool. I was just going to offer the magic is in the follow-up. Let's keep it real, (laughs) right? Yeah. So smart plans. Yeah. I mean, first thing is getting your contacts cleaned up in your database. Make sure that everybody's tagged. Next, you need to put smart smart plans on everything, on everyone, everyone. And at minimum, a 33 touch, like the 201 club says, right? So where does, where do those live? They live in the smart plan library. Why do we build a smart plan library? It's literally our culture built into the technology. We have agents sharing their success recipes on how to magically convert Facebook leads or communicate right with the past client or talk to somebody who's brand new, right? And so don't reinvent the wheel, go into the smart plan library and at minimum use Keller Williams top 10, The Keller Williams top 10 will be the second tier down in your smart plan library, but those will at minimum give you at least 33 to 36 touches. And what's beautiful about it is that you don't really have to do much heavy lifting. Bi-weekly and monthly neighborhood smart plans are so underrated. There are, they are like the magic to command that most agents aren't, well, 
there's about, let's see, the last time I looked at smart plans on the monthly or biweekly, I think there's about 40,000 agents that are using it right now. Wow. Um, and so if you're not using it, it's the easiest way to have a warmer conversation with your people because it's going to show in the timeline when they were recently active in that neighborhood. It will show the exact listing that we were that they were looking at. You guys, it's like easy money. It's a beautiful way to just stay on top of your database proactively. And and those emails, I, I think you're talking the neighborhood nurture yes. specifically. They're so valuable. I've so I've valuable. literally been thanked from clients for. <laughs> me putting them on like, Oh my God, I love the email that you send me all the time. And I'm like, yeah, I work really hard on that. And it's all automated. I don't do anything, but turn it on. And in my database, every, I check my, uh, I just check my open rates for that email. And I don't think I've ever dipped below 50% open rates on that email. And if you look at overall real estate, usually those open rates for real estate emails across the board on average are opened up about 17% of the time. So we more than double every time on that. And it's because it's valuable. It's based on where they live. And I always ask the questions, where do you live now? Where do you want to live next? Where's the dream home? Because one of the most powerful parts of those is that we're not limited by our licensure just in the box that is Colorado. Right. We can expand it to any, I mean, gosh, it's going international now. Canada, Mexico, Europe, all over the world is being added into these where that dream part of what's the dream, where's that dream live? And if I can put that dream in their inbox every other week and just show them that real estate exists there, I'm the connection to get to that. It's beautiful. And like I said, it's valuable to the people receiving it because often we get a 17% open rate because what we send them is what makes us the agent happy, Hmm. makes our ego happy that we're just doing something, but that doesn't bring value to our clients. And the neighborhood nurture, I know brings value to my clients, to agents, clients every time it gets sent out. And the new update of it, wow, it's beautiful. I love the new update. More listings because to be honest, there is a little data section in there that people like me who are nerds love the data section and they added in like more percentages and it's, I love it, but it's about 25% of the email because it's about 20% of the people that will look at that. And what people love is that they can go and click on the listing that they saw, put a sign in their front yard the other day in their neighborhood and they can go see inside that house and they can go search and look and compare, which is usually what they're doing of, oh, that's listed for how much? My house is better than that. <laughs> and that's yeah. what they love to do. That's where you get those clicks yeah. and the opens in there is because they want to they see what's happening to the real estate in their neighborhood because they want to see the houses. They want to see inside. They want to be nosy a little bit. And it puts it right in their inbox every other week. That's cool. Yeah. You know, I think one of the things that agents have a concern about is sending too much. Okay, so mm-hmm. like, and I always think, I mean, I get an email from On Cloud Shoes every day, you know, <laughs> yep. Eddie Bauer every day, you know, and and so like the people that market to me are literally sending me something every single day because, you know, the reality of it is it's a timing thing. If I open up my computer one day and I'm like, you know, I think I need some new shoes, like On Cloud wants to be there and remind me, hey, check us out, right? So is there too much that an agent can send out in these emails through command? I, you know, here's how I'm going to answer this, and I'm not going to answer it directly. So for those of you who are listening, you're going to be like, oh, I wish you would have just given me the answer. But the answer is, for me, Brian, is consumers want on-demand data. They want proactive communication in their transaction. And so command does just that. And if you know how to use those tools in a timely manner, in a professional way, you're not going to be overdoing it. Because here's the deal. Communication, as we know, is everything in a real estate transaction. And yet we have the tools and command to, to provide that leverage for us 
just like the monthly neighborhood nurture. Like, Stephen, of course you're getting a high open rate. People want to know that data in their neighborhood. And so then, you know, if you're an agent that's listening to this, that means you don't have to run around with your head cut off. You can be leveraging these tools. That, again, it's saving you time and money. So to really answer the question of how often or when, it's a matter of knowing your consumer and what they need in their journey of buying or selling. So if I'm three to six months out, put me on a biweekly neighborhood nurture. If I'm nine to months out, put me on a monthly neighborhood nurture. If I'm a brand new contact, speed to lead. You better be calling me like at least once a week, right? So there's my advice. What do you guys think? What do you guys think? Yeah, I would absolutely agree with that. Um, And I mean, when you're actually working with a client through a transaction, right? I mean, you can't over communicate, I don't think, as long as you're providing value and sort of living up to the expectations you set in your client experience promise, right? Um, One really cool feature within command to move to the opportunities transaction management piece briefly is the checklists, right? You can set up um, standardized checklists across all of your transactions and actually set um, client update emails so that when you check off X, Y, and Z tasks, your clients get updated like in real time as soon as you're doing that. And it gives you a lot of opportunity to cut out some of the emotion and uncertainty that can come up in the home buying and selling process. And yeah, I would really agree with what Leslie says. As long as you're providing personalized value, you're good. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of where I take it. I don't think there's a magic number that you can just say is the target, right? We know the model is uh, 36 or 33 touch. And that is, that's the starting point. And I always tell agents, don't let that be your maximum. Don't let the minimum be the maximum there. But truly the right number is how often you can provide value. Like Andrew said, yeah. that that's really the number. Because if you're just if you're just emailing them every single day, nothing that they care about, they're they're going to unsubscribe. But if you can bring value to their inbox every day, well, then heck, you can have a 365 day touch if yeah. if you want. It's really difficult to bring that much value to a group of people in in mass. And so the right number, you know, I work with agents all the way. I've seen plus 100 touches where it's pretty much two to three touches a week. But those touches are varied from event invitations that are high value pieces to the monthly neighborhood pieces that we have or the biweekly pieces that we have um, and to to phone calls and belly to belly interactions that they plan in there. And like I said, it's just it's all about value and yeah. what what you're bringing to the table, because if you're just sending out national like mortgage stats and national real estate stats that you pulled from some website that has about one <laughs> email worth of value to give in a year. They probably don't care after that. If you're just updating them every day on a percentage, that that loses its its steam and its value really quickly. But if you can tailor your communications to the interests of the people that you're you're communicating to, you start to be able to bring value into those people's worlds, and you can you then get the opportunity to communicate with them more, and and then in different methods. Out because we've talked a lot about emails, but. These touches generally include phone calls, text messages, social media interactions, all, all of these different planned interactions with people and the, just getting in there and trying to find value in all those pieces and what value looks like in a yeah. direct message versus a text message versus an email are very different. And consumers' limits on those things are, are quite a bit different because I can email people all day. Yeah. You send three text messages too, too close together and without enough value – you're getting the stop right away from the text message. Our, our consumers right. have a very, very yeah. small tolerance for text yeah. message, uh, text well, message marketing. It depends on the relationship, right? Right. It and does. I was going to yeah. say that. And too. so, you know, the whole point of command is to, to build relationships, as Leslie said, right? right? 
What are some of the advanced things that people are doing to utilize it at the highest level? At the highest level, I would say opportunity checklists. And client updates. Client updates are living in there. Checklists are in there. And if this all sounds Chinese to you, I'm going to break it down real easy because I know we're tech people, right? And also, I also have my license and was on a real estate team as well. But to make it simple for you guys, just think about how you handhold your client all the way through the transaction, even prior. So when you first meet them to when you set the appointment to when the home goes active or when they're active as a buyer to under contract to close, right? And so that's a lineage process. Every real estate agent, uh, lead gens, follows up and transacts, right? And so when we look at this platform, sometimes it could feel overwhelming, but when it comes down to it, it's your magic that you put in. It's your recipe that you put in. So if, say, um, Stephen, how do you lead gen? Let's just play real quick. Mm. A lot of database calls. Okay, so a lot of of database calls. And then what do you do to handhold your client through the transaction? What's your your expertise? What gives you the competitive edge? Uh, I think first and foremost, it starts with communication, like you said earlier. That's what we need in a transaction. And so making sure my communication is on point and everybody who's involved with the transaction, from lender to my transaction coordinator, everybody needs to be communicating at a high level. Okay. And there are expectations that a communication happens at a certain time during this whole process. Okay, great. So what we can do for your business is we can put your amount of communication in the opportunity checklist. And you can even say, make sure to add this smart plan to, com- to communicate at a high level with this, uh, with this client at this time. Do you guys see how customizable that is? And so what happens with this, with this, um, with this platform is that sometimes you, you get into it and you're like, I don't know what to do. Well, actually, you know everything that you're doing. Now you just need to copy and paste it into the opportunity checklist and then proactively communicate with your clients with the client updates. And if you continue to proactively communicate with your clients, they're going to refer you over and over again. In fact, I, I um, offer you to put in please ask for a testimonial at this moment when they say thank you. Mm. So you could even say those things in the opportunity checklist. And I hear mega teams do this across the board. Their admins are in it. Um, other um, rainmakers are are utilizing the opportunity checklist. And what, what happens in the magic is consistency over mm-hmm. time. And so when you find consistency systems within your team or your model and you place that into the opportunity pipeline, you will grow your business. So in other words, it's more or less like what we used to do is we'd have a checklist. So somebody goes on a contract and you say, here's all the things that need to get done now. I mean, it's granular to the things of like call the stager or Mm -hmm. put up the lockbox. And your clients don't necessarily need to know those things. Maybe they do. And one of the best examples I have of that, we have a a team at the downtown office, the Innovate Properties team, who is one of our luxury teams. They own Midtown in in Denver, North North Midtown. I think there's a couple of Midtowns, but I digress. Over on Pecos, she pretty much owns that neighborhood. And what's one of the cornerstones of Aaron's business is the service that she provides when she does a listing. And the reason it looks the same Every single time as Aaron has built out those checklists inside of command, she has the client updates running where if you look at Aaron's, some, some of her checklists are 60 items long That's awesome. because it's 
agent has six to seven of them of the checklist items. Their director of operations has a few checklist items to take care of. Their admins do, their their virtual assistants do, and everybody plays in that same world. And that enables them to provide the exact same service across the board. It doesn't change. The level of service is so high in her team, which gosh, when she was at the mastermind describing what she does for a 7% commission versus a 6% commission, it starts to make sense when you're like, oh, you have all of this leverage in the back end and everyone knows their role. Everyone knows their role. And then the second piece to that is when those things are getting checked off, like Andrew mentioned earlier, the client is getting an update every day. So when we're listing a home for 7% and we're making $30,000 in some of these price ranges, what are you doing to make $30,000 on my on my home sale? I could do this without you is sometimes the client's thoughts. But when they see 60 things get done for them the day they list, yeah. from staging to photography, scheduling, to all of the different things that happen in the background that we we as agents know what we're working for and what's all the hard pieces of doing a listing or a buyer. And then the client, though, just it just happens magically. But now we have, we have a, uh, a documented system that is also automated that we don't have to send this email to them. As these pieces get checked off by the team, the email is automatically sent to them on a daily basis of here's all the things that got done for you today. And it lists them out at the bottom of that email. Mm -hmm. And how cool is that to even just as a client, when you haven't talked to that agent in a day, and you saw that they still are working all yeah. these different angles for your listing to get you the most amount of money possible. So, Stephen, yeah. I love this conversation. And you know what it amounts to? Value proposition. And so if you're an agent out there listening to this, again, it's just when I say value proposition, it's all those granular details and activities that you do every single day to have a stellar experience for your consumer just place them in your opportunity pipeline checklist. Okay, so agents are uh, using command to generate new business online. Let's talk about that. Yeah. How effective is that? What's going on there? Yeah. Yeah, there's a few different angles I think we can take Definitely. from that. Uh, I think the the entry point for that is the consumer website and the consumer app that we that we have provided for our agents, which if I were where to answer the next or the last question that you asked is really integrating the app into their business is a high level piece that I see agents doing because consumers are going and finding homes on the internet and looking at them all times from the moment they buy their home to the next moment they sell their home. They're still in between. They're on Zillow. They're on Redfin. They're on KW out there looking. And we have the opportunity to bring them into a space that's a safer for our consumers data and B, it gives us the information that we need to be able to service our clients at a higher level. And so I think the entry point is is the website and app, getting that set up and sharing it with people because it doesn't get out there on its own. You have to do a little bit of work to, to get that into the hands and in front of people on their phones, in on their computers. You have to do a little, little bit of strategic work there and social media plays a a big role in in that and just organic social media pieces for most of them. And we can integrate in some additional paid social media campaigns as well, which I think is another place that we can go with talking about generating online leads is, is pumping some marketing into a platform so that it brings us leads and gets people that are outside of our sphere into our world so that we can start communicating with them. And I'll let you all. Kind well, of I want to say deeper. too, like, you know, the, the mobile app, I mean, I, this drives me crazy. I told you guys that before we started. It's like, you know, all, all the mobile app platforms basically do the same thing. 
They're right? they're even designed to look the same. They look almost identical. I showed that picture one time in a class. I'm like, okay, which one's Zillow? Which one's KW? Which one is Realtor.com? And like practically everybody got it wrong. Right? Almost indistinguishable. So they do the same things. So you might as well have your information on that mobile app rather than your competitor, right? Right. And one of my favorite stories with the mobile app and KW.com is our access to worldwide listings. So I learned at Family Reunion from Steve Grendel, who's the RTT for the uh, tri-state region in New York, um, friends with some ultra-high net worth individuals looking to buy like their fifth or sixth home in London. Wow. He was able to go on KW.com, find listings in London, um, connect with a KW agent through our worldwide network, and get a six-figure referral check. Wow. Holy <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and again, just that. The scope of what we have in our apps, yeah. you know, HomeSnap is a, a consistent app that I hear agents use instead of the KW app for their clients. And HomeSnap is stopped at the borders of Colorado. It's stopped <laughs> at your licensure. And we have lots of clients that have national interests, have international interests, and our website and app is being set up and even changing how real estate looks in other countries so yeah. that these kind of MLSs, because not every country has an MLS, Right. Not not everybody has a nice easy list where somebody can go online and and see the homes where it's it's a little bit more old school. Back when Brian was you know chiseling in all of his <laughs> offers, he, he, he had has a to he, box he used to have to go look at a real book <laughs> to, to, to find listings. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. We actually I, I started at the end of the books in the beginning of the DOS system, and so you had to go in and know all the codes to pull stuff oh, out. Wow, you know, and it was. It took a while to learn that. Okay? It was a little different. And there's still still countries that work like that. <laughs> That's right. And KW is going in and changing that, which I think is great for the consumers. It's obviously great for the sellers to have more marketing and exposure in all of these different countries and regulating some of this so that the fairness of opportunity for clients is available now. Because yeah. it, it's not fair when it's just a book. And if you have access to that book, you have access to better listings or more listings. But if we can get that online, this can really help change homeownership in other countries as well. Well, I think your competitors, all, all of our competitors are trying to get in between us and our clients. Mm -hmm. You go on Realtor.com's app and you pull up a listing. It says, do you want to uh, set a showing? Okay. And then they're going to send that information to an agent that isn't you. Mm -hmm. Right. And so why take that chance? You know, I know when my wife and I, whenever we travel, we always pull out the KW app and we're like, how much is that house? How much is that house? Yep. Maybe we should buy a house in this, in this state, you know? And, and so people are doing that, right? And so I think this is one of the really underutilized tools that we have is a connection point. And even the fact, I mean, I, I actually am on a search on uh, my wife's mobile app and I get a message every single day on my iPhone that says uh, either new listing, price update, status update, and it's just a reminder, right? Yep. Just staying top of the mind awareness. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so the mobile app, and so what specifically are people doing with like Facebook ads to generate business? How is that working? Yeah. I'm going to kick that one to Leslie. I okay. think that's your that's your wheelhouse there. <laughs> it is. It is. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So much, you guys. I hate, oh, this conversation makes me so happy. So first of all, Facebook and Keller Williams. We have an exclusive partnership with them. And so when we built this platform, Command, we said, how are we going to give our agents a competitive edge um, to help them win listings as they deserve? Facebook is one of our exclusive partnerships. So when you go into Command, you'll see that Facebook um, is actually built in 
to the campaign section. And everything that the agent will see inside command is essentially our partnership. But the beautiful thing is, is that you can make an ad for, let's say, 25 bucks and get around 10 to 15 leads right now. Um, I think our average cost per lead is right below $2. Um, but the algorithm and the optimization is what really helps push your ad as a Keller Williams agent out to the world more than any other brokerage would. In fact, we're very exclusive in that partnership. So you have, number one, more control over your leads. Number two, they're going to be at a lower cost. The beautiful thing is, is like Stephen, you mentioned earlier about the consumer site. You can actually put a home search URL, which is called a live link, into your ad and put out a home search ad, capture leads. And every time that person clicks on your ad, they will see a new list because our sites are connected to every single MLS in the entire nation. So that could be in California. That could be in New York. It just depends on where you're trying to get leads, right? But I will tell you this, that um, people are winning leads right and left and just recently um, helped somebody capture a $4.1 million buyer lead in New York, upper state Manhattan. And so um, that was a huge win for him and his team. They also got a referral out of that ad. It was only $50 and they captured 25 leads. So do the math. Yeah. What's your average commission checked and where you live? Right? Well, it's funny. It's, you know, like when I started, uh, my strategy was to make 300 cold calls out of the phone book. There actually used to be books, Stephen, that, you know, had people's phone numbers in them. I don't think that's They're true. They're called phone books. I don't think that's true. Yeah. 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 And so I've never that was, heard of that. That was just like a, wasn't that just to help you sit up more on like your, yeah. your seat so that you can get a little. For people like me, yes. Yeah. So, so you like open, a mobile stool. You'd open the book. And you'd, you'd land on a page and you'd just start calling one after another, okay? And you'd make 300 calls and you'd probably talk to 100 people and you're actually calling home phones. What are those? Those are, yeah, they hey, had a they cord, a they were attached connected? to the wall. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so... Who and, came and, up with that idea? Did you have to like spin <laughs> a dial to, to call people? I, I was, it was after that, oh, okay. but not much after that. <laughs> and so, um, you know, really, you talk to 100 people, you'd get two appointments and you would end up doing a deal with one person. So you made 300 calls, and you got to one deal. With Facebook ads, this is what I'm hearing. It's about 100 mm-hmm. leads that you get. Yeah. And some of them are, you know, not real right. information. Yeah. And, and I've seen some, keep it real. Yeah. I've seen some really crazy, creative uh, email addresses come over. Okay? <laughs> so you get 100 Names, leads. email addresses. Yeah, I see some pretty fun stuff. Yeah. People get creative with their, <laughs> with their choices that yeah. they make for submitting yeah. information. <laughs> so you get 100, and then you, uh, you basically, uh, on average, you end up doing about one deal per yeah. 100. Is that accurate? Yes. So 100 leads might cost you 250 bucks sure. on the high end, 200 to 250 bucks, And... And then you have, then you put them into your, the ones that are real, you put them into your nurture system and you have a touch system and you're staying in communication with them. And that leads to, you know, maybe a $15,000 commission on average. So all in your 250 bucks plus some, some time Mm -hmm. putting them into your system. Mm -hmm. Is that accurate? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And really one out of 100, focus on the one, don't focus on the 99. So it's all about mindset, too, with Facebook leads. It's about approach. It's about tonality. It's about, 
you know, not expecting them to be ready now. They're long-term nurturers, you guys. <laughs> so here's the thing. If you're looking to build your pipeline, it's a beautiful way to build your future pipeline. That's right. Okay, so we have two minutes left. So what's one piece of advice each of you would give to somebody to just jump in and go for it? Download the Command Mobile app. If you're new to KW or new to real estate, click the button, the one button that says import my contacts into command from your phone, and then just like put them on a quarterly call plan, like get in relationship with people, you know, and don't, you don't have to be super salesy about it. Just say like, you know, how are you? How's work? How's your family? Right. Yeah. And then just go from there. I think that's one of the most underutilized scripts. How are you? 100%. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think my suggestion is it, it can be done in multiple places in command, but it is law number three of running a database and that's communicating systematically and focusing on the systematic part where that means you know when you're talking to them, you know what you talked about, and you know when you're going to talk to them next. And that usually looks like a smart plan. So if you're not already planning your communications with a smart plan, you can even start even simpler. The task system inside of command is amazing. I use it every single day. It's integrated into the phone app so I can do it in my pocket. I can bring it with me wherever I'm at. But even if you're just tracking your interaction and setting the next task, it's going to set you up for that systematic communication that's necessary in running a database. And then you might integrate into some more of the higher level smart plans where that that communication is planned out a little bit more into the future, not just the next one, but the next and the next and the next. And then we start adding some automations into that communication as well, where it's not just the agent doing those things. It's the text messages that get sent automatically. It's the emails that get sent automatically as well in there. And so it's doubling down and truly understanding law number three in running a database, which is communicating systematically and finding how does how does that look in your business? Yeah, and it's kind of like not having your business in your brain all the time. Oh my gosh, mm-hmm. yes, yes, yes. It's like you go to, I go to the store, I don't have a list, I always forget something, right? Yep. And imagine trying to run your business that way as having everything in your brain and at the end of the day you go, oh, I forgot to call this person or I forgot to email this person. Yeah, what was their kid's name? What high school did they, are they <laughs> yeah. graduating from this year? Exactly. And all of that can, we don't have to store it in our heads. We don't have to be the memory bank when you have a high-level CRM like contacts in command you can put it all in there. There's a space for all of it where we don't have to be the amazing computer to remember all this stuff. We have a tool that is so much more efficient and accountable than our own brains because yeah. uh, unfortunately our brains aren't really built for that type of interactions and memory. And when we have a tool for it, it starts to become so much easier to be efficient with those communications. Okay. Leslie. Yeah. yeah. Well, everybody said database, and so I want you all to take that advice because that's going to, of course, be my answer. But I also want to add more value to you here in this podcast. Um, Besides database, you guys, just get real. Get real and get right with yourself. So first things first, if you feel overwhelmed by the platform, make an appointment with your Market Center tech trainer. Make an appointment with Steven. Make an appointment with Andrew. And just get real about your production and what's happening within your business. That's number one. Then number two is, like they said, go into your database Put your database into command. And of course, I have to mention Opportunity Pipeline. That is really the stream of success because what happens when you start putting people in Cultivate an appointment, you're going to really start seeing those numbers grow. And it's like the carrot in front of the rabbit. You're going to see your potential income. And if, you know, hey, if you saw your potential income like today, wouldn't you want to go out and start closing those deals right now? Right. And so database and opportunity uh, checklist for sure get in and do those two things. Then number three, 
go build your database with Facebook and Facebook ads. Very cool. Okay. So if people want to hear more, talk to you guys more, how can they get in, uh, in contact with you, Stephen? Uh, you can find me on Instagram and on Facebook at Stephen P. Delicio on Facebook and Stephen Delicio on Instagram. You can always just email me as well. That's the best form uh, to get a hold of me. And that's just stephen.delicio at kw.com. And I'm sure Brian can put that into the, into the notes because I know my last name is not immediately phonetic (laughs) yeah yeah i'm a little bit of an old soul so i'm not really on facebook smoke signals is how you get a hold of Smoke (laughs) signals are quite effective um but email is best for me am alpha mike kennedy uh, like the president at kw.com awesome okay i'm everywhere so you could just email me leslie jackson l-e-s-l-e-y jackson at kw.com I also work for Conversion Monster. I forgot to mention that. Oh, yeah. Um, and so I have multiple partnerships, Conversion Monster, tech, Maps Tech Coaching, and then I have my own marketing company. So, yeah, lots of options, lots of people to reach out here. All right. Everybody jump in. It's, it's uh, You'll be okay, and we've got some good guides to help us. So thank you all for being Absolutely. Thanks on for the having us, Brian. It was all a right. Pleasure. We'll see you guys soon.